Pelotero Pickle episode 49. We've got a post home run derby all-star game recap. Perfect game posted a 596 60-yard dash, and everybody's freaking out. And Giannis gave a great post-game interview. Let's check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode 49. It is July 19th. Just a quick reminder, if you have any topics for us, please send, us, send them to our mailbag, pickle at pelletero.com. We love getting all your questions. It really helps out with the show. Pickle at pelletero.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter. Joining me is Chris Colabella. Chris, how are you doing today? And Clutch. Hi, Bobby. Clutch is here. It's all because Kratzy still hasn't found the time to come on the show, so we needed to have a guest. By Kratzy, I mean Eric Kratz. So we brought Clutch today. Clutch is going to be really talkative. Lots of topics that he's interested in, particularly the NBA Finals and hitting. Kratzy would have been perfect today, too, because we're going to talk a little draft. And he was at the uh, MLB Combine. Did you happen to see any of the Combine? Did you watch uh, it? I tried to watch as little of it as possible. Are you still mad because you didn't get drafted? Yeah, I thought I was going to get drafted this year again, but I didn't. That doesn't make any sense. Still haven't got drafted. That's all I could say. Ship is sailed. You're not going to get drafted. Neither of us will get drafted ever. So we got that going for us. I can be mad about it. You can. That's a choice. That's a choice you can make. Uh, yeah. So Kratzy told me, I talked to him before. I'm. This is a preemptive because we're going to, this is how we're going to get him on the show. We're going to talk about him for a good five minutes. And then I'll be like, see, we talk about you on the show even when you're not there. So Eric Kratz is a legend, first of all, right? Guy's just, he's unbelievable. And he got invited to do the MLB Combine. He's telling me about it. And I said, what are you going to do down there? And he goes, I don't know. Just walk around with a shirt on and a stopwatch in my hand. But then I'm watching the, I watched the draft because I was waiting until one Sal Freilich from Boston College got picked in the first round just to see where he would go. And there Kratzy is doing like reviews on players for the draft or for post-combine. But then they used it on the network well he pulled a he pulled a u he went he went on mlb network from like the street with his airpods in and like just walking around he's doing like live tv from his phone just walking around his, i don't even know what city he was in but he was like in mid-travel so he was he's multitasking yeah uh, but then when when they showed him on the uh during the combine like he was taking throws from the right fielder at home plate yeah part of it so what you, this is all what part you, of it. All the things you just said are part of like it. Like him, I think so. Salta, Salta Lamacchia was there too. I think. For the catcher, I thought I saw his hair. That's the only person I pay attention to. But it was like a bunch. It was just a bunch. It was a a gaggle of former catchers just at home plate. I love that I just use gaggle. Uh, but they're just like taking throws. I'm like, one of them was airmailed, so he's like jumping. I'm like, I wanted to ask him if he came on. Like, why'd you jump for that? All right, so next week. Or like he got short hopped and he like just bailed on it. Like, what do you like? Do not stick your nose in there. <laughs> next week. For the combine throws from the outfielders. Or like, how about give him a long hop? He's a he's a former big leaguer. Never make him reach below his they weight. Don't have enough your fingers, fingers up. Like, what are we doing? They don't have enough field to know that, right? The kid throwing that ball doesn't have enough field to know that. I remember the first time. So we were a host family for the Atlantic League when I was like in high school and the first time I got to go to the field with the guys and like go to BP and 
uh, I was playing catch with somebody who was a former big leaguer. I forget who it was. There was a, but there were a handful of guys with legit experience on the team and I'm playing catch with them. And like, I didn't hit him in the chest or head area. And he was like, listen, like, don't make me reach down. If anything, make me reach up, but like, don't ever make me reach down. Like shoulders up, like fingers have to be up catching the ball. Like if I got to turn my glove, it's a problem. Like you need to reevaluate what you're doing. And it was so impactful. <laughs> so I was so nervous. I'm like, do not throw it low. Do not throw it low. But it's just like, keep your, keep your fingers up when you play catch. Don't turn your glove. Simple. I've gotten to the point where if I play catch with a young person, I'm going to call them a young person now. I just, and I, it's a ball I don't want to reach for. I just stand there and keep my glove up and I'm like, get another ball. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to get it. Yeah, don't reach for like if you're like this and it's it's like over there, you're just hey, you go get it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not responsible for your bad throws. Yeah. I'm over it. Uh speaking of good throws, I love I love my segues. Uh Dave, is it Jouse? Haas? How do we pronounce his name? Jouse. 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 I think we could go Haas, soft J. Yogging, Yoss, Joss. Guy just fed Alonzo. Just fed him, just cookie after cookie. He was the best BP pitcher of all time. They're doing metrics. I'm glad they were doing metrics when I threw in the derby. Um, but Joust was just, I mean, he was in the box the whole time. Really good rhythm. Um, drilled Alonzo once. He was not get, in the box that time. We got to do a home run derby recap. Um, I feel uniquely qualified to talk about it because I've, I've done it. So Pete Alonso was incredible. He's just a machine. He, I feel like he, well, first of all, he's made more money participating in the home run derby than playing in the major leagues, which is crazy. Um, Otani, I think the altitude got the best of him. He was smoked after two minutes of hitting. And they say he doesn't take BP. Um, I've heard that he doesn't take BP on the field, that he does take BP just in the tunnel, which is whatever. Um, he was just getting in front of everything his first 10 hits were hooked grounders. Uh, Gallo, I wasn't watching. That was like prime kids getting ready for bedtime for me. So I didn't see Gallo's round, but everybody was saying his BP guy was kind of not up to pace. Um, comment about he had, the, he had some hook Johnson going on too. Yeah, that was my biggest fear with him. Was he doesn't really have a good swing, but I wanted I wanted him to hit a ball 600 feet. And I think he's capable, especially at that stadium. Um, the pace. So the first, so I threw in the derby the first year the clock was was in play. And they actually changed the format on the fly. I don't know if I told the story. It was going to be like, I think it was like three minutes of, of regular, like the, the current format where it's like a running clock. And then the last minute was going to be stoppage time. So like old derby. So if you hit a homer, pause the clock. And then that night there was a huge storm coming in. So they had to change the format and they went all on the clock. It was like production meeting. It was kind of cool, like be like in the, under the, under the stadium going through all these meetings and whatnot, but it was kind of hectic because we didn't know the format until an hour before the event. Um, and it was new at the time they had the umpire out there like this, telling you when to throw. That is the hardest part about throwing in the Derby is the guy telling you when you can throw. Cause you don't get in a rhythm. It's not like a normal flow of BP at the, the first year. So that was 2015. The, the tracking system that they use, so they do the bonus time if you hit the ball 450 or whatever the distance is, they could only track one ball in the air at a time. So 
if the guy hit a pop-up to the infield, the guy's like this, and you got to wait for the ball to land. So you're like seven-second pop-up, you're just standing there waiting. Super awkward. You just throws you off your rhythm. Um, now, I don't know what the, what it was, but it was way faster now. The old format that cheated, Todd Frazier cheated against us so bad. His brother just started throwing like every second. Bryce Harper a couple years ago when he won it, his dad just started throwing it every second. So now there's less cheating to the rules. I guess, I don't know what the tracking system, if it's different, whatever it is, uh, it's easier now because you can get in a rhythm. Uh, but that, that, that umpire, that's the hardest thing. Like when I threw, I was looking at two things. They had a, they had a clock at the facing of the second deck and the umpire. And everybody's like, oh, are you nervous? Are you nervous? I'm like, no, I just got in there and throw. Like when it's your turn to go, it's like you have a, like, just go throw. That's the only really thing you can focus on. You can't like worry about the crowd. You don't have time for that because you're in the moment, but you're just, you're looking at this guy and you're looking at the clock and that's it. Yeah. All of that. So from my perspective, I thought the home run derby stunk. I thought it was terrible. And the reason why is not because the hitting was bad or whatever. I couldn't like watch it because the split screen being at home, I yeah. couldn't follow anything. And were you watching the Statcast or the normal? No, I don't watch Statcast. A homer's a Statcast homer. one was rough to listen to. I was watching that one first, and I was like, "What is this? I need. I can't listen to this." And then I didn't realize I didn't even know I was on the Statcast version. Yeah, I thought I think the format's cool, but I think it's not at the same time because it leads to. Right, it's like a mar- you're you're trying to win an endurance test. You're not trying to win a home run hitting test. And I guess one could be the same, right? Um, but there was to me there was so much. Like I think that if they could blend it, right, where you have some time rounds and then and, and like the Soto Otani thing with the swing off. But I, I also didn't understand the three swing off thing and just making stuff up along the way. But um, yeah, the big dudes, all the big dudes. I think to me, you know. The thing I feared, especially when I picked Olsen, I picked Olsen because nobody else was picking Olsen. Uh, and he's like a walking home run in batting practice. Like that guy just hits homers, right? He looked like he was taking a leisurely stroll in the park. He was like, you know, fixing his like arms. And I was like, dude, you're going to need to go if you want to win this thing. Um, and clearly he didn't seem very concerned with that part. So I still think my pick was good and that I was right. Um, but he just chose to like, he opted out of going fast. Um uh, Alonzo is built for this like format because he just can swing and swing and swing and swing and swing. Um, yeah, it's it's literally just a it's a it's an endurance test. Um, but the, the the graphics and stuff where the the homer encounter was never right. Yeah, that's the issue never, with that's the issue with having multiple balls in the air at the same time. There's probably three balls in the air at once. Right. They're going normal speed, well, and then you don't know if it's out. And it's like, oh, he's got two seconds left. How many homers does he have? We don't know. Like it's, you can't track the distance. You can't. You can't appreciate each batted ball for what it exactly. is. Exactly. There were like 13 people that I talked to that were like, Otani cheated. His number was wrong. And I was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't. I'm not there getting paid to keep track of it or whatever. I imagine watching it live was probably significantly better than watching it on TV because like you, you were watching a ball land and you didn't know if it was the ball he hit or the ball that was landing or it was weird. I didn't enjoy it at all. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I think the, the first round is like the first weekend of the college basketball tournament where it's like every, you could see everybody 
and then the next weekend there's less games, so it's less exciting. Yeah, that's when all the dudes leave too. That's when everybody leaves the field. I didn't even realize that, by the way. When I, I hit the AAA home run derby, so I'm uniquely qualified to talk about being in a home run derby. Um, yeah, I, like I was hitting in the AAA home run derby, and then like halfway through the first round, everybody just started leaving, like all the guys that were at the game. I was like, where are you guys going? You're not allowed to leave. And I just stayed till the very end, even though I put up a goose egg and I knew I wasn't going to advance. I don't, I don't remember guys leaving. I, I felt like it was the player stayed out. It's it's really fun live, really fun. The energy, the like the fact that it's happening now. You're not waiting for a pitch. Yeah. Um, the curiosity yeah. of what's actually in the Gatorade cups that they're drinking out of. Oh, that's my my other huge home run derby story is I drank so many Gatorades I had to pee like seven times. Yeah. Is it Gatorade? And I did a show wipe with the Gatorade towel, like the Donalds would call the timeout, and I just like wiped off. I wasn't even really sweating. Yeah. Just a show wipe um format wise it'd be cool if they did like a reseeding maybe after the first round because when they go when they go based off of the uh the seating and that it's like a it's cool that it's a matchup but if it was like just to open like there's eight guys and we're going to seed you after the first round maybe you do like a one minute round or a two minute round make it a little more like normal batting practice we're like hey you get in for a minute and then that's going to set the seating for a two minute round or something like that, just to make it more, a little faster turnover, probably not as good for TV, all the commercial breaks and whatnot. That thing is a production. Yeah. That is a script like event. Chain was that, nice. The what? I was about the chain. Chain was cool. The chain was very cool. Um, I just, I don't think people realize how much planning and how much of a production that is, that whole event. Like it's all commercial breaks and, sponsorships and the, that whole thing is scripted out yep money 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 um soto just flipping balls to center field i, I felt like he was missing balls and they're going 440 450 to center he's so good though and for all the people that think like the home run derby is going to mess you up he's like nine for two since he hit that with three homers he's specific specifically said he's doing the derby to, to try to help improve his swing and oddly enough, he hit three homers in the last three games. It's two yeah. three-hit games since then. Whoops. Yeah, that uh, squashed everybody. Like, everybody who's anti-launch angle was like, oh, Juan Soto's got a low launch angle. And then he shows up. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to change that. <laughs> I don't like that about my swing right now. We're going to so do good. the derby. We're going to actively try to change it. So good. So uh, there's a clip of J.D. Martinez and Vlad Jr. talking – Two, two cool pieces of it. The first one was the swing change thing. Um, the first, I guess the second, I went completely out of order right there. So there's a Garrett Cole situation and then the swing change. We'll talk to Garrett Cole one first. Kind of a shady moment. I saw people saying that they hate Garrett Cole. And then I saw Yankee fans being like, I love it. Never talked to the Red Sox ever. So basically the JD said that him and two other guys, I forget who. Xander. Xander and then somebody else were like, Not oh, you. hey, Garrett, how's it going? And he just just shaded him hard. Just didn't say hi, didn't acknowledge him. Thoughts? Uh, he's a first-team all antisocial. Um, Is that, like the- so where's the line of rivalry? Because home run, like all-star games, home run derbies, they're in the same – so they're on the same – so 
the Wait, players are on the same nah, no players are on the same team, but they're not on the same teams. People are gonna try to make this about Yankees and Red Sox. It has nothing to do with Yankees and Red Sox. Like it's literally zero to do with Yankees and Red Sox. Anybody that's talking about, oh, I'm so proud of a Yankees fan, he didn't talk to Red Sox, you're an idiot. Stop. Garrett Cole is like a different cat. He's like not I, I'm not gonna go as far as to say he's not a good human um when it comes to like social interaction, but I've seen some stuff, right? This and this was happening back in double a when he was you know first round pick or whatever was he one one he was one one right or one three or one two he was up there so we're in double a and we're playing in new britain and this guy was like actively there's like six fans waiting for cards at new britain stadium right it's not 106 it's six this guy made it a point to walk in the other side of the stadium from our entrance and it's to avoid these fans we started chasing him and he ran across to get in the clubhouse. Like I've talked to guys that played with him. I, I never played with him. I've never had a conversation with Garrett Cole. I don't care to, he's a pitcher. So I want to hate him generally speaking anyway. It's just how he is. Take it for what it's worth. Um, when you're at the all-star game, like it's probably your civic duty to like chat with the dudes, right? Like at least interact. And I, I get it, right? Maybe you don't want to. Maybe maybe there's a rivalry component. Maybe you're a little bit caught off guard with all this sticky stuff crap. But there's no scenario where you shouldn't say hi to people. I'm firm believer in that. There's no there's no time it's okay to ignore somebody saying hello to you. Yeah, he seems pretty big league. With That's the right word. That's all he does. Right. But it sounds like he was like that forever. So um, if, if you're, can you be big league like when you're in college? Can you? Yes. Be big league when you're in high school? You know you're going to be one one or one two or one five. Yeah, I've, there are plenty of kids that I've played with that have acted like that. I played with a dude that got drafted in the 18th round that acted like that. It's all that we. This came up last week. I forget the specific situation, uh, but we call the the douchebag rule, the law of douchebag. And it's like the, if you've ever seen the crazy hot scale for the funny internet video about the crazier a girl is, the more hot she has to be to tolerate it, that whole thing. The same thing happens with baseball players. The, the more of a douchebag you are, you have to be equally as good a player to be tolerated in the clubhouse. So like if you're rocking like a 70 RA and you're a douchebag, it's not going to work. That ain't it. If you got a two, three and you're punching out, 12 per nine. We'll deal with you. <laughs> Crazy yeah. hot scale. Um, yeah, but that's binary. It's just linear. Like, it's just a linear thing. X and Y go up together. You know, the crazy hot scale is interesting because you hit a certain threshold and then it's like, okay, more yeah. dynamic. That's, that's a funny video. I, it would actually try to be, it would be fun to do one for baseball because, you know, he's got like the different lines for like the unicorn and the. Yeah the sweet spot because you need you need you need some jerk like attitude towards your opponents almost yeah you got to be a little like i i respect the fact that you hate your opponent don't get me wrong but you can hate your opponent on like in between the lines and still say what's up at the all-star game true 
you, like literally, you don't have to like the guy. Like I'm not, I'm not telling you you have to like the dude that you play against. Nicole, isn't he the rep, the players rep too for the union? I think. Sure. I don't know. I think he's, he's a player. He's on one of the executive boards. Like. Yeah. So I feel like that's even a, a higher duty to interact and speak with, speak with other humans in your profession. Uh, the other part of the JD Martinez Vlad clip was uh, talking about swing changes. And JD was like, Hey man, what'd you do? And Vlad was like, Oh, I didn't do, I just lost weight. And he's like, no, no, no. You added the toe tap. Um, pretty cool clip. JD's obviously a student of hitting and pays attention. Um, I've been, the show notes say that, see if we have any other fun kinds of player interactions, player interactions, any stories like that. Um, I'm sure you have, you have way more. I, I didn't want to get into stuff like mechanics when I was at the Derby, cause I didn't want to like be weird and like start prying. Um, but I know you've told me stories about times in the clubhouse and just interactions. I, I feel like BP would be my, the best place to do it where you're just out there kicking it, just talking about stuff. Um, and do you have any cool stories? Uh, I mean, I have a lot probably, but I just call it a Tuesday. <laughs> um, no, I would say the ones that stand out, there, there was uh, – I was actually talking to Jason Grilly on the other team. Um, I just played the WBC with him, I think the year – I think it was the year after the WBC, and Jason came to Fort Myers um, with the Pirates. And we were – we were actually discussing – uh, kind of career path and what it takes to be the best version of yourself. And I think this will be a tremendous segue into the next thing. And this is definitely like my favorite conversation that I ever had because it, it correlates so much to what I, I see players experience day in and day out, college kids that are in summer ball right now, like guys going through struggles. You become the most dangerous as a player when you're on the last rung of the ladder. When you get to the very, very last rung and you got nowhere left to fall. And he said that to me and I didn't really understand it. He said, when you're every time she has to call me right in the middle of my Monday, every time. Savannah. It was my mom. From Italy too, right? Should we get her on the show? Can you answer with your phone? No, I'm just going to let it be. So the, she's definitely going to call again. anyway. Um, so right in the middle when you're right in the middle on that scale, like there's a ladder, right? You get to the top of the mountain, you get to the very, very top. You've got a ton of way to fall, right? So when you start trying to live up to the expectations that you've set, it can be scary, right? You have a, you have a ton of room where you can fall. Like you just take one false step and now, oh, well, I'm not living up to the expectations. The, even when you're in the middle of the ladder and you're still, you still got something to lose underneath you, right? There's still room to fall. Like, so the, the point is like, what, you know, what, like, can you do for yourself as an athlete to be the most dangerous all the time? Like, you become the most dangerous when you're on the last rung, when there's nothing to lose. And it's hard to do that when you have a bunch of expectations built up in your head. You're making a certain amount of money. You're, you know, you're supposed to be the dude that everybody turns to, that everybody looks at. And, like, when you play with that burden on your shoulders, the game becomes incredibly difficult. That was my favorite interaction I ever had. Uh, the other thing that really, really stands out in my mind is the conversation I had 
it was me, Donaldson, and Batista. We stayed in the clubhouse till like 1.30 in the morning talking about the swing. I actually, I recorded a lot of it um, on my phone because I just wanted to hear, I wanted you to hear it more than anything else. Um, just how different guys got there. And all three of us did it very differently. But obviously, uh, three swing change guys, we all ended up on the same team. It was ironic. And um, it, it was really interesting to me to get kind of the root to the root of it all for all three of us, like the why behind it, the how behind it. Um, that one was fun. I remember you calling me after that one. That was uh, it's cool to hear stories about that. It was it was so eerie, too, because it was like full like it was the moment where you're like, is this real life? Like, this can't be real life. We met Donaldson through somebody else. Batista's a swing change guy. He was Bobby's poster boy. You know, I went through what I went through. We played Joey Bats in double A while he was rehabbing. And and then, you know, Donaldson gets traded. Like, come on. Like, you can't, you can't make that up, you know? Yeah. It was uh, a strange, serendipitous kind of journey for all you guys. It's cool. Um, bold prediction for the second half. You got anything? Somebody will win the World Series. So producer Patrick's getting high on the Red Sox right now. He uh, he thinks they're going to get Anthony Rizzo. The Cubs are going to have a fire sale. Who's going where? Where's Rizzo going? Where's Bryant going? Where's I heard they were trying to extend Rizzo and Baez, though, the other day. So I don't know. Mm, I think the – the white flag is up with them. Even if, but even if they have a fire sale, like you still need cornerstone pieces. You're not gonna, you're not gonna pawn off everyone. Like somebody. so, Rizzo, Rizzo to the Red Sox. You get you throw Dahl back in there, and somebody else, another young, promising pitcher, maybe some uh, player, maybe a couple pitchers. I think Dahl back would be the the obvious choice there. Who's young, potential, cheap versus Rizzo, who's not cheap. Um, you got to trade. You got to get some value out of him. Um, Kimbrel could be a very interesting one because he's you know shut down closer. He's back to his form that when he was electric because he wasn't for a while. Uh, cut his hair, man. Yeah, when he when he cut his hair and shaved, it was, it was like a wild thing losing it when. Uh, what did he do? He got contact lenses and stuff in Major League, Major League Two. Um, I'm looking at the standings, American League. I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I feel like Toronto is going to make a push. I just feel like they have so much offense. Um, and I just I kind of want them to win. So it's kind of a romantic pick. Uh, National League, San Francisco is running away with it. They're, are they for real? They pitch, man. They pitch like crazy. Aaron yeah. Sanchez hasn't thrown a ball in like a month and a half, and the guy's got like a two, so they're going to get – I text, I was texting with them two days ago. He literally, he's – they have a roster crunch on the mound right now. Think about that. Good problem he's to have. so good, and he can't get the ball from them because they're like, oh, we have too many guys that are really good. So that division between San Francisco, L.A., and San Diego, that division's stacked. Uh, they're they're all like San Diego's five games back and they're fourteen games over five hundred. Yeah, pretty good. The Central Milwaukee's just running away with it. I thought Cincinnati was going to put up more of a fight. Um, I thought the well, Cardinals were going to be interesting. 
AL East, yeah, St. Louis is game below 500. National League East, the Mets, like, duct tape them together and they win. Like, they just need to get a little healthy. Yeah. They need they need bodies on the field that can. Speaking of the Mets, did you see what Taiwan Walker did yesterday? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is he doing? Why was he mad? Why did it he was think that so was... fair? It was so fair. Why did he think it was foul? I don't know. Maybe like, from Billy Cora coaching if looking, if he was looking down at the ball, like from the angle, and he could see daylight, even though that because the edge of the ball has if if the any part of the ball, like how am I gonna do this? We'll use this. It was so Ready? fair. This is this is, we'll, we'll do this. So like if any part of the ball. Fair ball, fair ball, fair ball, foul ball. Like that's a foul ball. That's fair ball, fair ball, fair ball, fair ball. I the ball was fair, it easily. Was so fair. Easily fair. And, and then, his no, reaction no, to no, it was like dude, I just implore anybody that's listening to this show to go watch the third base coach, Joey Cora, who used to be a little ball of fire for the Seattle Mariners. Just watch him because it's awesome. Because he's like, it's fair. And then he's like, yeah. And then he's like waving the guy. But then he turns toward home plate and he's waving the runner while he's staring at home plate because he doesn't know what to do. It was crazy. It was fun. Pretty awkward play. Um, the catcher is freaking out. He like looked to the dugout for an appeal before the play. Like that's a live ball. So I think as an umpire with instant replay, you have to call that ball fair no matter what and let instant replay call it foul. It's almost like the uh, – There's no replay on that play. They can't do replay on that? No. Okay. So I was thinking a bit more in terms of like, you know, in the NFL, where now if it's a potential fumble, they just let it play out, yeah. and yeah. then they go and review it afterwards. Because, like, if you call it dead, then it's dead, and you can't right. do anything about it. Maybe they scoop and score, and then you got nothing. I didn't know that that was not a reviewable play because they're just making stuff up as they go along. So who knows what's what's actually reviewable or not. Uh but if – so my NFL comparison is moot at this point. But I still like that you call it fair anyway. I know what you're saying. It was a fair ball. It was a fair I ball. I completely agree with you. The weirdest thing is, like, you can look at a fly ball down the line. Or, no, fair and foul, like, you can never – whatever. But, why, like, why would you not want to be able to review fair and foul? So it's tough. So let's, I mean, if in tennis with the Hawkeye system, it shows like it shows where the ball hit. And if, uh, if like, it's a circle, it's a sphere. So you can, the ball can hit and part of the ball can be over the line. And then it's not in, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like the best where the ball impacts the ground is. is so like, let's say a, a ball down the left field line lands foul the, the mark is fully foul, but part of the ball would be over the fair line. So that should be a fair ball. I don't understand why the appeals take so long in the big leagues. Like, why does the umpire have to go put two sets of headsets on? Why does the coach, how about the coach just goes, Hey, we're going to review that. The guy's going to go, okay, we're reviewing the guy in the boots just goes, Hey, Brian Onora, the, it was fair. And then they're going to be like, all right, cool. It was fair. We're going to move the runner. Like MLB talks about pace of play all the time. This can't be that hard. Yeah, they go over, they put the headset on, they stand there looking at the watching the replay themselves, like it makes a difference. Yeah. In tennis, the guy in tennis, the guy literally goes, Hey, I want to check that. 
And then the umpire's like, click. He's like, all right, cool. You were right. What happens if they lose an appeal in tennis? Do they get a set number? Appeals. They have. They only have like three per match or two or something. Can the head judge do their own appeal? The head judge? Because didn't they appeal the appeal? Didn't uh, I think it was at the French Open went fully automated. They went fully. They went automated strike zone in tennis. Do you like automated strike zone in tennis versus baseball? I'm just gonna keep calling it the automated strike zone. I, whatever. Doesn't matter. It, no, I, I really want to know because you're so yes, because you're so the close. lines have existed forever. It's either in or it's out. There are no lines for the strike zone. I don't know why anybody ever thinks that, like, hey, can I stop getting phone calls in the middle of the show, please? Like, there's lines in tennis. They're like, when tennis started, they were like, hey, here's the court. If it hits this line, it's in. If it doesn't, it's out. In in baseball, the guy never went, hey, let me draw this imaginary square in the middle of home plate. Yeah, but they everybody has to live by. They do that now with the with computers. Right. But that's not the strike zone. Like that, like the strike zone is arbitrary. Like you have an opinion. With like the, the when the rule book said, like at the top of the belt and the letters and the, the, the belly button, and the, like, dude, for a thousand years. The strike zone was like defined as like a space that didn't really have borders. Well, the issue is you can't see it during the game. Like the, the pitcher's not standing on the mound looking exactly. at exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you're not throwing to a target. But we could just go augmented reality and just put it in there. Like the, yeah, like let's put a laser. How about this? Major League umpire should wear augmented reality glasses, the the Google Glass or whatever it is. So when they look at the strike zone, they see the box. I, I'm tweeting about this. This is my. I mean, but it's getting. Somebody talk about that. This is breaking news. Yeah. Augmented reality strike zone for umpires solves all the problems. They make every single call perfectly because they can see the strike zone. Why do we always get back to the Done. Done. I did it. I solved the problem. Yeah. Okay. You solved the problem, but technology is still going to break. And Todd is still going to text me and be like, "I can't believe we don't see eye to eye." And 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 Mike Bryant's going to get mad at me. Like. And listen, as a hitter, I hate getting bad calls made against me. I tweeted about this. The unintended consequences of changing this are going to be absolutely belligerent. Why? Like the Why? first time something that happens like that happened in the Atlantic League, when a ball bounces and the freaking system called it a strike, everybody is going to lose their minds. Lose their minds. You saw the, you've seen the videos of what's happening in the Atlantic League. Yeah, but that's that's a radar-based system. That's that's not what? No, 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 that's what. You don't think that technology is going to mess up at some point that everybody's going to be like, and it's going to be egregious, Bobby. Okay. Okay. So, so, do you? At what? What's the what's the threshold of like humans making mistakes versus technology making mistakes? Because the there's some like, games where guys make like 10% of the calls are wrong. That's fine. It's fine. But like you're saying wrong. So it's, it's, okay. That's a thing. Like, there is no right and wrong. The umpire has full discretion to decide what a ball and a strike are. Period. End of story. Like, that has been the rule forever. Now, if you want to get rid of umpires, be my guest. Now, you're also going to get rid of catchers because, like, anybody that catches a ball a certain way doesn't matter anymore. So, let's just put, like, you know, like, whatever back there. It doesn't matter. Like, well, you're fundamentally I mean, changing the game. Again, like, you want to. How the catcher receives the ball shouldn't matter. 
Why? Because Why? Because, okay, home plate dictates the lateral Baseball strike. is an artistic game, dude. Like, you played it forever. Home plate defines the lateral strike zone. Up and down gets harder. But you could just define that preseason in spring training. Every player gets measured, and you're like, all right, this is your strike zone. Great. Go ahead. Do it. Awesome. Umpire, so the, you, you say, like, the umpire has, like, just a subjective reality of what the strike zone is. That's not the intent of the rule book. They're supposed to call the strike zone according to a set of rules, and there's interpretation there, and there's some guys that have a higher zone or a lower zone, or they give more off the edge of the plate than the other guy. But it's supposed to be this is the strike zone, east and west, and then whether it's knee or letters, whatever letters are, Above yeah, the whatever belt. letters are like what, what are letters? What is two balls above the belly button? Like, dude, but you it's can undefined. But you but the thing is now with technology, you can define the strike zone. You can say at the beginning of spring, spring training, like we're gonna go from the top of your pelvis, the iliac crest on your pelvis, uh, percentage of your body height. They can actually define all that now, and you could do augmented reality. And then you would know what your strike zone would be consistent through the entire season. You wouldn't want that as a hitter? Sure. With the appeal process where you could appeal it. I just, I would much rather see something like an appeal process. Yeah. Like, I don't want a fully automated strike zone. It'll, it'll change the game. But if the umpire was like, seeing it in real time, if the umpire was seeing it in real time and they could see, like, their vision was the box – and if it clipped the box, it turns green. If it doesn't, it's red. Then it's just ball strike in the flow of the game, like nothing. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just solved the whole pitch. I, I'm so proud of myself. Has anybody talked about I haven't heard anybody talk about augmented reality. We can, play Pokemon, we can play Pokemon Go across the globe, and we can't do automated strike zones. This could be like across all of baseball. I should stop talking about it, and this should be – we should just turn Pelotero into the yeah. AR strike zone. So smart. Um, this is really bothering me right now because he keeps moving. Yeah, he was a dog. So, uh, perfect game. He doesn't have his allergy shot, so he keeps getting itchy and he wants me to pet his belly. And then when I put him on the ground, he just rubbed himself in circles for like an hour. And he's a dog. He's a dog. Um, perfect game, 60 times posted. Uh, a guy who's very fast, but said that he set the world record in 60, uh, running a five, nine, six. I have never seen somebody go below six, four with my own eyes on a stopwatch. Um, five, nine, six is absurdly fast, but the baseball world lost their collective minds. Word on the street is the laser system. I got this was the four, one, one. So like no, the people aren't doing the drop step, and the la the laser system is seeing the foot on the line for longer, so it doesn't start the time. Yeah, nobody's running a five nine six. Like the world class sprinters, maybe like maybe maybe. The actual world record was like five nine nine or something. Yeah. So like this this would have been a world record. Yeah. Um, but there's just I, nobody's like mad at the kid. Some there was some like chatter about like oh you, people are hating on the kid. It's not the kid's fault. He just got invited to an event. And he ran as fast as he could, 
and perfect game put out a time. I haven't seen anybody take the video and like try to do a timer on the video. The software that I had that does that doesn't, it's like the license changed on it. So I can't use it anymore. Um, I don't feel like spent $180 to put a timer on a video. <laughs> That's really not that big of a deal. Somebody else can do it. But 596 is absurd. The baseball community's reaction to it has been very interesting. A lot of people are hitting on perfect game. I don't think anybody's really hitting on the kid. He's like the fastest kid in the, the fastest kid alive. Like, uh, uh, what's the movie? Um, what's the movie? It's fast kid alive. McLovin. What's the name of that movie? Super bad. Super bad. Yeah, he's a fast kid alive. Um, he is the fast kid alive. He's the fastest high scorer. So he's a fast kid alive. Um, five, nine, six is ridiculous. There's also like a bunch of six ones and six twos. Just absurd times for a like people to start that fast. Yeah. You had a good tweet. Oh, I ran a six, a six, five, one. So it was my best 60, something like that. No. Like 40, your best 40. Uh, no, you can't. The delivery was so poor there. I remember when I, I remember when I ran my six five, my best forty time ever. <laughs> and six two is absurdly fast. Have you ever seen a six two? Who's the fastest guy you ever played with or against? Revy was fast on my team, but he had crazy legs. He looked like his his knee was going to dislocate every time he ran. Yeah, I mean, I, listen. Once I got past the showcase phase of my life, I got it. I didn't. Nobody ever ran the 60 in baseball. So, like, you didn't. So, but, well, who was fast? Hicks, he was fast. Hicks, yeah, but he never looked fast. He, yeah, but he made that. That's what made him fast. He was gliding. Revere. I can't tell. I don't know. I'd like to see Buxton run in, in real life. In real human. Yeah. Um, There's the ones that are scarier guys are like, they hit a ground ball to short and they're safe. You're like, wait, what? What happened? I don't know what that feels like like a two operator short and they're just safe. But then I've watched some highlights myself and I hit a ball two steps to shortstop right and he had to dive or whatever. And, and he I'm, the saying, I'm like, dude, I'm so fast. But I'm not. No. By the way, you completely skipped over the, the Giannis thing. When Giannis I, next. I gave you the best segue. No, but I gave you the best segue ever from, from Cole and then the conversation in the outfield. This is my favorite topic today. I missed I missed your – I remember when you said, here's a good segue, I didn't see the connection. So maybe you can Did do you it. Did you watch the interview? Yeah. Talks about not living – like not playing to expectations, being in the moment. Yeah, okay. How did you not see it? Were you I not remember, by the biggest takeaway that I that – the, the tweet I kept seeing was, was uh, ego is the past. But it was all about being in the moment, not like not trying to play up to somebody else's expectations or your own expectations or like it was about being present. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said it out loud. Yeah, I was I was going down in order, so I wasn't really thinking. Every time I see the Giannis thing, I, just, I, I always call him Giannis. Giannis, uh, I just think of the ego line, so I didn't connect it. That's on me. He had a 13-minute post game that was – and people love Giannis interviews, dude. They love him. Well, he's, it seems like he's got a lot of perspective on, like, the world and life. So he's pretty humble, and he's a superstar, and he's got, like, all the physical tools in the world, and he's just super humble. It's a good combination. Yeah. He's good, man. 
Is that like like LeBron does it, but he does it in a way where he's like, just look at me. Turd. Yeah, he just brutal. Did you watch Space Jam by the way? Oh my God, what a terrible movie. So well, let's get to that after. So Giannis, super talent, showing out right now in the finals. Uh, the Brewers moved up the time of their game so that everybody can watch the finals, which I thought was a good move. Very, very self-aware. Like, hey, we're not the big story tonight, so let's get out of the way. <laughs> I thought that was really good. And I'm sure some of the players, like, yell it should go to the game. Hater should go to the game. Like, it'd be cool to have all the people there. It's good. It's good for the city. Um, super talented. Uh, let's go to Space Jam now, though. It's basically a post-show, but – I watched it the other night. Uh, knowing that this movie is not intended for our demographic. Is it though? It kind of is. So it's, it's, it's trying to capture the, the nostalgia, obviously, because it's Space Jam. I just can't stand LeBron. I just, I can't. All right, here, I'm going to give you like. like they made, they made it funny, so good for him, but. The jerseys are brutal. They're terrible. Like, worst thing ever. I have the original Toon Squad jersey, and it's sick because it was so simple. Had the red Looney Tunes thing, said Toon Squad in the middle, whatever. You know, the, the Target. Great jersey. Oh, I kind of like the, I kind of like the New Jersey, but keep going. I think it's I wasn't, I wasn't in – I wasn't, like, hugely into the movie the first time. John so. Cheadle is funny, and they took away all his humor because they made him the bad guy. Um, Bugs Bunny's voice is terrible. The guy that's doing Bugs' voice is terrible. Uh the premise behind the movie Al G Rhythm, like what are we? What is going? Like what? That was a, a large stretch for a major plot. And then, like, oh, my son hates me because I'm LeBron and I'm good at basketball and he likes to code. What are we doing? I just thought they killed Bugs Bunny and then they just brought him back. Yeah, he was just alive. Like they can't get rid of me. Well, that's spoiler mm -hmm. alert. You ever, you ever see uh you ever see, bugs died and now he's alive yeah, but he didn't you ever watch beer fest when they killed uh farva and then he yeah. just came back because it's like no farva that was farva's twin it wasn't Farva. It, it's far that's farva come on the, but he had a twin brother i know but it's the exact the he's like could you just call me the same name and i'll act the same yeah like they just at brought least, him back. at least it was like i was like it would be like bugs bunny's twin coming back yeah, they just they they it was he, bugs. He got glitched, and then they just brought him right back in the real and world. LeBron's like, oh, I could do this, the in out step back, and like, but I'm a human, so I'm gonna be okay because that's where the what a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. I went into that with like expecting a three, and it came out negative one. So that's a net neg four with a low starting score to begin with. It's rough. That's rough. Terrible. Um, I didn't like the goon characters either. Brutal. Like the, the guy that was like water, fire, water, water, fire. I didn't get it. Like he just ran straight through him. That was Clay Thompson. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, stupid. No, the funny thing is, is like, like it was so bad. It was so bad. There can't be anybody that actually likes that movie. Made some money. LeBron was uh, celebrating that on Twitter, obviously. Weird. Um, 
I think it's hard. I mean, to remake a movie that's got that kind of cult classic. It's tough. I mean, it's you got to really produce. I don't know. I believe I can fly. Like, dude, you know how many like things are attached. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. There's so many songs like attached to the original Space Jam. And it's Jordan. It's MJ. The fact that they didn't bring Jordan back in the movie at all. And they, oh, Michael B. Jordan. It was brutal. It's tough. Uh, that was Space Jam. Any thoughts on the draft? Um, I thought they drafted some players. So we had Frelick, guys that you have connection to. Frelick, Morset, BC guys. Um, a couple free agent signs too. Um, Frelick, Morset, Sheehan. I mean, I get I gotta turn my ringer off on my computer. Probably like a good idea. Something to consider. <laughs> um, yeah, Freilich, Morissette, the BC guys. A couple Northeastern dudes went. I don't really know them. Um, yeah, that was about it, I think. That uh, rocker going 10th overall was kind of a surprise. Slid down, I think, because of money. Yeah, signability like, became a big thing with the slot value picks. Um, I didn't pay too close attention to it after – I mostly wanted the Red Sox to get lighter because Patrick wanted that so bad, and then that didn't happen immediately. So, yeah, but they got a pretty good player. They got the kid, the shortstop, who's supposed they, to be really, really good. To go one one. Um, the catcher from Louisville is he good? I remember watching them against. Uh, he had a good season, but I remember watching when BC played them early this year. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not in love with him. Let's put it that way. I've heard mixed reviews about his defense. Um, one one, one one catcher. That's fast track right there. Oh yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any major thoughts on the draft. It's to the conversation last week with Coach Carrier about the uh, NIL and. It's going to be very interesting to see over the next couple of years. Yeah. Oh, Ben Wright, 12th overall to the Yankees. That's one of my guy. I like Ben. Good kid. That's all Matt Hyde. Good pick. Proud. Where's, where's uh, Ben Rice kid from? Uh, Dartmouth. Your underwear alma mater. A Dartmouth kid went 12th, 12th overall? He can hit, man. Catcher. Swings it. Like 20 college at bats over three years. 20? Yeah. Their, their seasons just kept getting consoled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, but he, he ranked in the Futures League. Big good swing stuff going on. Started the year at the Cape this year and was banging. He's a good player, man. What happened with uh, the player development league? This whole uh, the MLB PDP? Or the PDP? League? Yeah. Wasn't that supposed to be like the grooming ground? I haven't really heard much about that. I don't pay any attention to it. It's just another like college league now. Is that all it is? Uh, yeah, basically. I thought that was going to be where all these players were going to get drafted out of, and that was going to be the showcase for them, bringing all the top talent. I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe I'm not following the right accounts on Twitter. Oh, I have a Twitter thought post show. 
I was going through so perfect game has an account called PG Scouting. And I was going through just looking at hitters, just kind of checking stuff out. I would say like 60 to 70% of highlights for hitters are hook Johnson doubles pull side. And I think that's wildly unimpressive. Highlights for like what in what regard? From there. So, like, so the they'll they'll put up a video like, oh, this guy's an uncommitted 2023, blah, blah, blah. Buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Here's a video. And then the video, like more than 50% of the time for a hitter, is a hook double down down the line, pull side. It's like, wow, you can hook a double down the line. Crazy. Like, show me if an oppo double. Apple gap. Show yeah. me like, show me like a balanced stay back, good swing through the middle of the field. Not, oh, I got the head out, and I'm talking like way out. That doesn't show me anything at all. It just shows me that if you catch it out front, you can get down the line. I concur. It's just funny to me. It's funny. A lot of this, a lot of stuff that I'm working on for Pelotero from from a content standpoint, defining what being a good hitter means what is good creating a system behind that and like really doing a deep dive into it and then you go on there and you look at videos and you're like nope 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 for a thousand years we like this this goes full circle back to the thing that we were talking about before and what annoys me and why i love Giannis's interview in baseball it's so hard like, and Giannis was just making light of like how to deal with today versus yesterday and prepare for tomorrow. And I loved it, right? In baseball, the reason why people stink is because they allow themselves to stink because they get caught up in results. Like, and I'm not saying like the results matter in the sense that you have to be able to create the kind of outcomes that are, are most conducive to getting hits, getting on base, producing runs, things like that. Right. But you go through stretches in baseball where that's not happening. And what happens is like you abandon like all rational thought. And, and before you know it, you're in this emotional, you know, firestorm of like believing that you're either the best player ever or the worst player ever. Cause you have six hits or you've made six outs. You know what I mean? Like, I love when kids, I love when kids say to me, Hey, Oh dude, dude, this guy's in 400. I'm like, he has 38 at bats, bro. Like, what are we talking about? Like batting average in of itself is, is, is a metric. It's a number that's meant to be measured over time, over ample amount of at bats, like these short-term sprint numerical goals about, you know, percentage stats are ridiculous to me. And they just fundamentally lack the awareness to know what the difference is. They don't even know. And that's why players get hurt by this game. They get, they get dominated by this game. Um, I wish more people could just play, just play, like be in this moment to the best of your ability. And I mean, Giannis is talking about doing it in hoops, which is, you know, even a, a, I would say an easier sport mentally to deal with because it's, it's a go, go, go game, but like how important it is to him to do that. So like baseball in a sport where we need to do it even more, like that is the tool that we need to train. That's the tool before anything else.
Fair. Very fair. I have nothing to add to that. Pickle out!